All right, yeah, we need one of those things where, you know what I'm talking about, where you slap it and then, you know, you know, like they did on the old movies, take one, take two, take three. So anyway, well, welcome, everybody. We're we're here at Summit Church in Fenton, Thanksgiving weekend, and uh, just so good to be with you all today. Glad you've joined us on social media, and uh, we look forward to sharing the word of God with you. Hey, uh, over the last many weeks... Many weeks, a couple, several months now, we've, we've been talking about, you know, the healing power of God. And I can't think of a better thing to talk about in the midst of a, a worldwide and national pandemic than the healing power of God. And so we've been, uh, we, I spent several, many weeks, months, I guess, on the healing ministry of Jesus, Jesus healing crusades. And then we, we brought out to you that his healing didn't stop. Uh, after he was raised from the dead, you know, that it went right on in the book of Acts and it's gone right on for the last 2,000 years. And so what I want to do today is finish this series up. Next week we'll move on to something else, but uh, as the Lord would lead and direct. But let's finish this series up today uh, with uh, healing in the book of Acts, you know. And so let's go to Acts, the 16th chapter. Acts, the 16th chapter. And we'll pick up in verse 16. Acts uh, 16 verse 16 just showing you that Jesus is still healing through his church remember the Bible said that that Jesus worked with the believers after Jesus was raised from the dead he worked with the believers and he confirmed his word with signs following and uh, and so let's pick up here in Acts 16 notice verse 16 Acts 16 16 now it happened as we went to prayer now this is the Apostle Paul and Silas as, as we went to prayer, and you see again and again, uh, people that flow in the healing power of God had a prayer life, had a prayer life. You see, Jesus, our Lord himself, uh, one of the reasons that his, his healing ministry was so strong is you see him again and again going to prayer. Remember, he'd get up early before anybody else would get up and he'd go out and spend time with the Heavenly Father. He'd withdraw and he'd pull off into a desert place or whatever and pray. Or he'd go, go, you know, to a certain area or whatever, you know, and he'd pray. And so Jesus uh, had the healing. He was, see, he was anointed with the Holy Spirit and with power, but, but there's just something about prayer that is necessary to keep the healing power of God at full flow. And, uh, and you see that again and again with Peter. You see it with Paul as we went to prayer, as we went to prayer, as we went to prayer. So prayer is so important if you're going to, to have, a, uh, have, have the healing power of God in, 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 in a high manifestation. So as we went to prayer, a certain slave girl possessed with a spirit of divination met us. So this, this was a young girl. She was actually a fortune teller. And she had a, 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 a demon spirit on the inside of her. And you need to remember, you know, like fortune tellers and, and, and witches and so on and so forth. You know there's the real and there's the fake. You, you understand that? Just like over in, uh, in the kingdom of God, there's, there's real prophets and there's false prophets. You need to realize that. I'm going to have some things to say on down the road, probably in, in the month of January, about the prophets' ministry. And, and, and we're going to talk about real prophets and false prophets. And, and I think uh, the Lord's given me some good things to share. We'll talk about it at that time. But uh, you need to realize, uh, uh, for example, you remember over Saul? You remember Saul in the Old Testament, King Saul, after uh, Samuel had died? And, 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 and remember what Saul said? He said... Uh, uh, he said Samuel had died and Saul said, get me a witch. But what he was really saying, get me a for real witch. Remember, he went to the witch of Endor. Remember that? And so you need to realize there's uh, on, on, in the kingdom of light and in the kingdom of darkness, there's the real and there's the fake. Well, this girl here in the kingdom of darkness would be considered as the real thing. She had a demon spirit on the inside of her. Actually, it, it, what it was was a familiar spirit. And... Uh, and, and, and you just need to realize that. And, uh, uh, and, and notice it says right here, who brought her masters much profit by fortune telling. Uh, and so apparently 
people would come to her and uh, she would tell people's fortunes. Don't ever let anybody read your fortune or read your palm or do anything like that. You know, that's demonic. You open yourself up to the to the power of the devil when you do that. But uh, but this this girl, she she had a familiar spirit. She could uh, uh, do do uh, supernatural things just because something supernatural doesn't mean it's from God. You need to realize that. Okay, and uh, but but her her masters uh, it brought them much profit. People would come and pay money for this girl to uh, to to give people's you know uh, tell people's fortunes or whatnot. And she uh, evidently know things about people and was 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 somewhat accurate because otherwise people wouldn't keep coming to her. You need to know that that familiar spirits, um, you know, they know things about people. And, uh, and, and so, uh, this girl was operating under the power of a, of a familiar spirit. And notice in verse 17, this girl followed Paul and us, that's Paul's company, you know, and cried out saying, these men are servants of the most high God who proclaimed to us the way of salvation. Well, now, everything she's saying there is correct. They were servants of the most high God and they proclaimed, they were proclaiming the way of salvation. But let me ask you this. Uh, how many of you want the devil doing your publicity for you? Uh, you know, the, the devil is capable, though he's a liar. He is a liar, but he is capable of telling the truth. You need to realize that. But yet, just because uh, uh, the devil was telling the truth here, you still don't want your publicity coming from the devil. <laughs> You know, now there's other things we could say uh, uh, about this, but I think for the sake of this study, I'll just leave it at that. Uh, I don't want the devil uh, doing 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 my uh, my publicity for me. Do you? Absolutely not. And, and anyway, and she and notice it says here this she did for many days. So she was doing this for many days, but Paul, greatly annoyed, turned and said to the spirit. I command you in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And he came out that very hour. Now, notice here, Paul uh, didn't speak to the girl. He spoke to the demon spirit. And the demon spirit came out. Now, it, sa it said here that uh, this she did for many days. Now, somebody would ask the question, why didn't Paul do something about this sooner? Why would he let this go on for many days? And I can only speculate that it, it perhaps, perhaps it was, and I've heard different uh, theologians give explanations on this, but uh, perhaps he didn't really realize at first that it was, it was demonic. It, that is possible. Um, th that is very possible. You know, it may have taken some time for, you know, the, the, there's, there's nine gifts of the Holy Spirit. One of them is discerning of spirits, you know. And it may have taken just some time for, for that, to, that, that, spirit, that uh, gift to go into operation and reveal that this was a demonic spirit. I, I don't know, just speculating. But this went on for many days. Um, uh, you know, uh, I, I'm just speculating. May, it's possible, you know, Paul, maybe he didn't want to be offensive i don't know and 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 you know uh and and because she was following these 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 apostles and uh uh i i see something on the inside of this girl that wanted to be set free don't you i mean she it's it's, it's like that maniac of gadara remember he came before jesus and fell down and worshiped him remember that now that wasn't that you know, he had legions of demons in him, but yet I, I see something inside that maniac that wanted to be free. Apparently, there were two maniacs. If you read Matthew's account, there were two of them. Only one of them, if you read the other gospel accounts, got free. And you ask yourself, why did that one get free? Well, I think there was something on the inside of him that he wanted to be free. You can't get somebody free of the demonic, free of the power of the devil if they don't want to be free. You need to realize that. And so I see something in this girl here that, that she wanted to be set free. Now, her masters didn't want her to be set free because she was bringing, them in, bringing money into them by her, by her fortune telling. But I can see that she was following. Can you see just the fact that she was following Paul, that she wanted to, the girl herself, see, wanted to be free? 
but she was bound by that demonic power. Now, if the girl wouldn't have wanted to be set free, Paul couldn't have got her free. You can't get the devil out of somebody that, that, if they want the devil in, in them. You understand that? But, but I can see where, where she wanted to be set free. And this she did for many days. Again, why many days? Why didn't Paul do something about it right at the beginning? I, I can't really fully answer the question other than maybe it just took a while, like I said, for the discerning of spirits to go into operation, for him to realize it was a demonic power. Because after all, what she was saying was good, was right. Again, we don't want to get our publicity from the, from the devil. But notice it says it, it, he was greatly annoyed. Greatly annoyed. You know, one thing I will say, when... when, when uh, when, when somebody is operating under, under demonic power, the things that they, 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 they say, uh, uh, even though they might be, be right, there's just something not right about it. Did you, did you get what I just said there? I remember there was a certain lady who attended church here back many, 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 many years ago. I, I don't think anybody would ever have a clue who I was talking about, so, that, so I'm, I'm free to share the story because I don't want to embarrass anybody. But she would come to the services, and almost uh, every week she would start up with tongues, you know. And, uh, and, and, and just about every week she'd start up with tongues, and finally I had to deal with her privately. I didn't want to embarrass her, and I had to tell her to, you know, to, 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 you know not do that in, in, unless I called on her, which I was never going to call on her, you know, and... And uh, the one day she came up, I was standing up getting ready to preach and she came up, tapped me on the shoulder and said, I, I've got a message in tongues. And I, I said, you know, hold that, just hold that, don't do that. And, and, and she got into a little bit of a argument with me, you know. Now, you know, if somebody is operating in a right heart and right attitude, they're not going to argue with you, you know, but with, with, with a pastor, you know, because I have, I have oversight of the service. But she would start up just about every, every Sunday with tongues. And every time she'd start up, you know, it just, just like the hair on the back of your neck would just, just kind of, you know, and, and, and it just, it, and even I'd have some people from the congregation come tell me, say, you know, Pastor Terry, every time she starts up, there's just not something right about it, you know. Anyway, in the process of time, left, she left the church, went on somewhere else, you know. And it came out that at that time she was having an affair on her husband and all of that and so on and so forth. Now, you know, that can't, that, you can see that what she was doing, it wasn't motivated by the Spirit of God. And it was annoying. I remember one time Diane and I, we went to a, a certain church here, a, lar a large church in the area. And uh, they were having a satellite, I guess it was a satellite or a streamed in service of, uh, of, of Brother Hagen. Remember Brother Hagen? And he was, uh, he was here at a church in the, in the area. The crowds were large, and so my wife and I didn't want to put up with dealing with the crowds, so we just went to one of these uh, off-site areas, you know. And, uh, and, and Brother Hagen had, had flow, and, you know, the, the, there was, that was when that uh, revival of joy was going on, you know. And, 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 it was, and it went, like I said, when that all started out, it was, it was of the Lord. Now, it got out of hand later on. But, uh, but, but, but people were just enjoying themselves and the joy of the Lord was flowing. But then we were at this, sat this satellite area, this church where we were watching Brother Hagen on the screen, you know. You understand what I'm saying? We, we weren't at the service. We went to another place where they were streaming it, you see. That was before you could watch all this stuff right on your computer at home, you know. Anyway, so we were watching and there was a bunch of people in this satellite area. You know what I mean when I say satellite area? It was... It was a church here, here in the area, but he was at another church at another place in St. Louis. And I remember there was a, there was a lot of people at this place Diane and I was at. And, uh, and, and there was a lady a couple rows back behind us. Uh, now, once the laughter, Brother Hagin administered and the laughter had died down and he got up to teach. This lady, now he was teaching on the, on the screen now. You see, you understand what I'm saying? But we're in this, in this church. There's a lady back behind us. She just started cackling. <laughs> <laughs> like that. And when she did that, I mean, the hair on the back of her neck stood up. Now, just a little while before, when everybody was laughing under the power of God, she wasn't, she wasn't laughing. But once, once, once the move of the service went a different way and Brother Hagen was teaching, he got up to teach, she starts cackling. Now, you know that's not right. And like the hair on the back of your neck stood up. It's like annoyed. Like Paul, he was annoyed. Now, somebody said, Pastor Terry, why didn't you just turn around and cast a demon out of her? It wasn't my church. 
I wasn't in authority there. If it had been here in this church, I could have done something about it. But I had no authority there. So after she, she, she see, the Holy, the Holy Ghost isn't going to interrupt himself, is he? And, and so she wasn't operating under the power of God. She was operating under the power of the devil, you know. And she may well have been a Christian, all right, but operating under, you know, a Christian can operate under the power of the devil. Did you know that? Oh, pastor, I just don't believe that. Every time a Christian gossips, they're operating under the power of the devil. I may have lost a few friends out there in, in, uh, in, in, in Facebook land, but it's the absolute truth. Every time a Christian gossips, you know there's a lot of Christians that gossip. Did you know that? And every time they do, every time a Christian talks bad about somebody, absolutely. Every time a Christian backbites, you understand what I'm saying? They're operating under the power of the devil. Let's say it another way. They're yielding to the devil, aren't they? So we need to be aware of that. Let's don't gossip or backbite. Can you say amen to that? But see, he was greatly annoyed, greatly annoyed. And that's what happened to Diane and I when we were at that satellite service. We were greatly annoyed. And, uh, and, and, uh, and you know as well as I do while I'm on it, that laughing, you know, the laughing that went on all those years ago, the, you know, much of it was the Holy Ghost, but, but see, it went on too long. I said something about this a week or two, three weeks ago, four weeks ago, but I feel impressed to say it again. Something can be a move of God at first, but when the Spirit of God wants to go a different direction, if we just keep, want to keep going that, that's, that, <laughs> Direction that he was doing sometime earlier, you know, we can, if we're not watchful, we can yield ourselves to demonic power. We just need to be very careful about that and be sure that we're in the flow of what the Spirit of God wants done. But Paul was greatly annoyed. So what this lady was saying, this fortune teller was saying, it, it, it was right. These men are servants of the Most High God who proclaimed us the way of salvation, but it wasn't coming from a good source. Remember when the demons would cry out uh, to Jesus? Remember that? And, and remember we studied this earlier in this series, and they, they'd say, Thou art the Christ, the Son of God, so we know who you are, you're the Holy One from God. Remember what he'd tell them? He didn't get in a conversation with him, did he? He'd say, shut up, remember? Be quiet and come out of it. How many remembers that? And, and, and so, because, because what they were saying about the Lord was right, and there's much more I could say about it, why, why he shut them up. But, but uh, it was annoying. It was, it was, it was uh, uh, it, 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 it no doubt was, was drawing uh, attention in the wrong direction from where the Lord wanted to flow when, people, when demons would cry out. You know, we know who you are, the Holy One of God. He'd tell them to shut up, come out of them. Remember that? And so there's, what I'm trying to say is when the devil's in operation, it, there's an annoyance about it. Even though what he's saying may be right, there's an annoyance about it. And that was what was going on here. And this she did for many days. But Paul turned around, commanded the spirit to come out of her in the name of Jesus. And it came out that very hour. But watch this. But when her master saw, verse 19, that their hope of profit was gone, they seized Paul and Silas and dragged them into the marketplace to the authorities. See, these, fo these masters here of this girl didn't care anything about the girl. They just cared about the money. You need to realize that. All they cared about was the money. And, uh, and they brought them to the magistrates and said, These men, being Jews, exceedingly trouble our city. And they teach customs which are not lawful for us, being Romans, to re, uh, receive or observe. Then the multitude rose up together against them, and the magistrates tore off their clothes and commanded them to be beaten with rods. Now you think about Paul there. He did something good to help somebody and he got, he got beat up over it. Sad, isn't it? You see this again and again when, when, and really you see it throughout the entirety of the Bible when, 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 when men and women of God operate under the power of God to help people. A lot of times they get persecuted for it, don't they? But we don't give up when we get persecuted. We just move right on with the Holy Ghost. Is that right? Just keep serving God. And notice in verse 23, they laid many stripes on them. They threw them into prison, commanding the jailer to keep them securely. Having received such a charge, he put them into the inner prison and fastened their feet in the stocks. So Paul and Silas are in the prison, you know. And then verse 25, but at midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God and the prisoners were listening to them. So we've talked about this many times over the years. The midnight hour after you've been persecuted, when things are down, you've done good and things are going bad. You don't crab and complain. You, you sing and, and, and praise God. Is that right? And suddenly there was an earthquake so that the foundations of the prison were shaken and immediately all the doors were opened and everyone's chains were loosed. 
So you keep a good attitude in the midst of a bad situation. And uh, not only will you get, get loosed by the power of God, but it will affect others around you for the good. And the keeper of the prison, waking from sleep and seeing the prison doors open, supposing the prisoners had fled, drew his sword and was about to kill himself. See, he was going to kill himself because he knew he was going to be put to death anyway for losing these prisoners. And he was going to just speed up the process and, and, and commit suicide. But Paul called to him with a loud voice saying, Do yourself no harm, for we are all here. Now, you know, that was supernatural right there. Wouldn't you think the prisoners would all be running out of there like crazy? Just, and I'm convinced, I'm convinced personally, I think all these prisoners got saved listening to Paul and Silas sing hymns to God at midnight. And then he called for a light, ran in, fell down, trembling before Paul and Silas. And he brought them out and said, sirs, what must I do to be saved? One of the greatest questions, the greatest question of all time. What must I do to be saved? And here you get your answer. Very simple. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved and your household. Isn't that wonderful? Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you'll be saved. And if your household will believe, uh, they'll be saved also. You know, if you can get daddy in the house saved, a lot of times it affects the wife and the children. Did you know that? It, it really will. And, uh, and, and, and so they spoke to him, to them, and so they spoke the word of the Lord to him and all who were in the house. And he took them out the same hour of the night, washed the stripes immediately. He and all the family were, were water baptized. And see, they got saved by faith in Christ. Then they got water baptized. And, and, and when he brought them into his house, set food before him, rejoiced, having believed in God with all his household. And you need to realize that as a result of Paul casting the, a demon out of this fortune teller, he winds up in prison. But as a result of him keeping a good attitude, him and Silas, it gets the jailer saved. That's a good thing, isn't it? And, uh, and, and apparently all these prisoners got saved and the Philippian church was born and that pastor, church history tells us that pastor or that, that jailer became the pastor of the church. Isn't that wonderful? That's wonderful. I just think that's wonderful. That's wonderful how the, how the Philippian church, a lot of folks don't know how the Philippian church got started. It started as a result of Paul casting a demon out of a fortune teller, him getting persecuted, thrown in prison, and then keeping a good attitude in the midst of a bad situation. And then, uh, and then you see the jailer himself get saved and his family get saved and apparently all those prisoners got saved. And the next thing you know, you, you have the great Philippian church. Isn't that wonderful? That's just, just fantastic. And the, the jailer he and he was about think about it he was about to commit suicide wasn't he right on the verge of committing suicide then the bible say he was going to fall on his sword or whatever and uh, so he was right at right at the edge of committing suicide and god turned that thing around praise god and he wind up wound up being the pastor of the great philippian church isn't that wonderful Tell you, anybody out there that's watching me on Facebook, YouTube, wherever you might be watching, you might be commi uh, considering committing suicide. Let me encourage you, don't do it. Don't do it. Trust Jesus. And I tell you what, he can turn that situation around. I know at this time of the year, during the holidays, a lot of times uh, people get low and they get the blues and, you know, the suicide rates sometimes, I guess, can, can elevate. But particularly here in the midst of this pandemic, you know, it's, it's, it's real easy for people to want to give up and throw in the towel and just end it all. But I tell you what, don't do it. God's got something good for you. Just give Jesus a chance. Believe on him and trust in him and he can turn it around. He might just make a minister out of you. You never know. But anyway, that's what he did here with this Philippian jailer, I tell you what. And then I wanted, I read all that because I want to get on here and look at something. Now, we've, we've talked about that many, many times over the years. But, but I want to show something else to you here in verse 35 that we've said little about over the years. I think we, we need to look at it here. And, and notice verse 35. This is uh, Acts 16, 35. And when it was day... Because now, remember what had happened now. We come out of this, this, this jail situation. The, the, the jail house shook and, you know, so you talk about Elvis and jailhouse rock. We had some jailhouse rock going on there, didn't we? How many ever heard of Elvis and jailhouse rock? I mean, the, the prison was shaking and, and everybody in the whole cell block was, what, dancing to the jailhouse rock. I'm telling you what, there was some stuff going on here in this prison. But after that was over, the next day, verse 35, the magistrates sent the, sent the officers saying, uh, let those men go. So the keeper of the prison reported 
these words to Paul, saying, The magistrates have sent to let you go. Now therefore depart and go in peace. But Paul said to them, They have beaten us openly. Uncondemned Romans. Now you ought to underline that if you're taking notes. Uncondemned Romans. And have thrown us into prison. And now do they put us out secretly? No, indeed. Let them come themselves and get us out. And the officers told these words to the magistrates and they were afraid when they heard that they were Romans. Now, and then it goes on and says, they came and pleaded with them and brought them out and asked them to depart from the city. Why did I read this? Because I want to point out to you how, how important it is to know who you are. You didn't do what they... Remember what happened up there where they beat Paul up? Remember we just read it? He cast that demon out and they beat him up. Is that right? You don't do that to a Roman citizen and get away with it. When they beat Paul up, they didn't know he was a Roman citizen. You need to realize back in that day, you don't fool with a Roman citizen. You know, it, it took, I think, an edict from Caesar before you could you could do anything. There, there had to be a trial and all of that. And 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 what these people did to Paul, uh, they they could have lost their lives very easily over it. You see what Paul's doing? He said, you know, you want to beat me up, put me in jail. And now you just want me to go quietly. He said, I'm not going to go quietly. He said, I'm a Roman citizen. And when they heard he was a Roman citizen, it scared the living daylights out of him, didn't it? See, we need to know who we are. Paul knew who he was. He knew he was a Roman citizen, and he knew that uh, that that, uh, that that they had that, that that you know once these people heard that they they that they'd uh, 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 they behave they fooled with the wrong man. Let's just put it that way. And you see, when we don't know who we are in Christ. The devil can come and beat us up and take advantage of us and bind us in shackles and chains and put us in the worst places in prison and so on and so forth. Had they known that Paul was a Roman citizen, they wouldn't, they wouldn't have fooled with him. See, So the point I'm trying to make here and the reason I read that is we need to know who we are in Christ. Because if we don't know who we are in Christ... Then the devil can come and beat the tar out of us and, and so on and so forth. You understand what I'm saying? It's like that woman, remember with that spirit of infirmity? That she had that spirit of infirmity, however many years it was, you know? And, uh, and, 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 and Jesus saw her and said, ought not this woman, being a daughter of Abraham, be loosed? See, she was a daughter of Abraham. Uh, daughter of Abraham. She had covenant rights. But she didn't know who she was. And as a result... The devil was able to bind her. You, you, you need to realize that it's important that we need to know who we are in Christ. We need to stand in that authority. And then the devil won't be able to take advantage of us the way he would like to. Can you say amen to that? Anyway, much more we could say about that. Um, now, um, as we move on here in Acts, the 19th chapter, uh, in verse 11, let's go there. Because this is, uh, we're, we're leaving Acts 16. Now, sometime later, it says here that uh, Acts 19.11, God worked unusual miracles by the hands of Paul. God worked unusual miracles by the hands of Paul. Well, I tell you what, I, I, I'm excited about just the plain miracles. But you think about unusual miracles. I mean, I, I'd be satisfied with just plain miracles. How about you? But you talk about unusual miracles. Now, how many of you just be happy with a regular, ordinary miracle? Well, there's nothing ordinary about a miracle. You know that. I'm trying to be funny with you. I don't know if you're getting the humor there. But uh, I'd, take, I'd, I'd take a regular miracle. But these are some unusual miracles by the hands of Paul. Now, now you understand it wasn't Paul in and of himself. It was that he was operating under the anointing of the Spirit of God. But God was using him. And, uh, and, and notice here, what were these unusual miracles? Well, let's look at verse 12. So that even handkerchiefs or aprons were brought from his body to the sick 
and the diseases left them and the evil spirits went out of them. That's exciting, isn't it? Now, now you know, we, we uh, uh, have prayer claws in here that we've prayed over. We've prayed over multitudes of prayer claws over the years. How many of you have ever seen us pray over prayer cloth? You need to realize the power of God can be stored in cloth. Absolutely. You remember the woman with the issue of blood? She came and touched the hem of Jesus's garment. Is that right? How many remembers that? And the power of God flew out of Jesus through his cloth garment and into that woman with the issue of blood. Remember there were other times where the multitudes would come and Jesus would let them touch his garment. How many remembers that? And the power of God will see cloth will conduct the power of God. And uh, but what you need to realize here, uh, apparently what they did was is is they would get and from my study of it, I don't really see now, now it's possible that Paul might have laid his hands on the claws like we do, you know, from time to time as the spirit of God directs and and, and release the power of God into him. Now, he may have done that. But but as I've studied into it, it seems as though people would come and get pieces of Paul's clothes. They would just come. Maybe he maybe he knew it was going on. Maybe he didn't. But they'd come and and they did get pieces of his clothes, clothing, and take it to people that were demon-possessed and sick, and, uh, and, and, and the people would get free. See, a lot of times we, we think that Paul was, you know, just laying hands on prayer cloths. Well, he might have done that in handkerchiefs, but, but it, 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 from my study of it, it looks like they might have just come, you know, Paul might have taken, he was a tent maker, wasn't he? And he worked part-time as a tent maker. It's possible that he, as he was working that, that maybe some folks came up and just cut a piece of his clothing off and took it to some demon-possessed person and they got set free, you know? He had that much power of God about him. And then when Paul got up to put his clothes on, maybe look, there was a whole cut out. I, I don't know. It's something to think about. But unusual miracles to just think about it. So much power of God in him. Well, remember that prophet in the Old Testament? I think it was Elisha after he had, had died and he was buried. Remember that dead man got thrown in on top of his bones and Elisha, I believe it was, had been dead. Well, I know it was Elisha. Had been dead, dead for many years and there was so much power of God, residue, residue power of God in, the, in that prophet's bones that it raised that person from the dead. How many remembers that? And so Paul had so much power about him. Peter had so much power anointing of the Spirit of God about him. We remember when people would get within the shadows cast of Peter. They'd get healed, healed by the power of God. And Paul had so much power radiating out of him. And then some people want to say that Paul had, had an eye disease. Remember in the book of Galatians, he said that the, he said to the Galatians that, you know, I know you'd have given me your very eyes. Pluck your eyes out and give me your eyes. And people want to say Paul had an eye disease. Well, he didn't have an eye disease. Can you imagine if he'd had eye disease that all that, that and they said, they say his eyes had, had like pus coming out of them all the time and dripping down. Who, who'd want a prayer, prayer cloth with, with, with eye pus on it? Come on now. Paul didn't have an eye disease. You know, you know, over there in Galatians where he said that, I think if I'm not mistaken, he had just been beat up before he went in there, if I'm not mistaken, or he'd been persecuted. And, uh, you know, you see, we got to think about the apostle Paul. There were times he, he showed up to preach places. He he might have been all all beat up with 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 puffed eyes up, not because he was sick, but because he had the tar beat out of him. You need to understand that. You need to realize that. And by the way, if I said to you, you know, I'd give you the shirt off my back, does that mean I don't have any clothes? It was a it was a, it was a colloquial expression of the day. You see, so Paul didn't have an eye disease. He had so much power of God coming out of him. There was no eye disease. But, you know, we got to watch what 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 religious uh, theologians a lot of times tell us. We need to we need to judge everything against the word of God. Can you say amen? Paul didn't have no 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 eye pus. Well, that was his thorn in the flesh. No, the Bible tells us what his thorn in the flesh was. It was a messenger of Satan to buffet him. And what that was, it was people that the devil stirred up against Paul that had the tar beat out of him. Just like we saw over there, you know, with the, with the jail cell incident, you know. But nonetheless, there was so much power coming out of his body that, that they would take handkerchiefs and aprons from his body to the sick. And when those those uh, claws got to, to the sick people. Notice what the Bible says in verse 12. The diseases left them and the evil spirits went out of them. Can you, boy, I can say amen to that. That's exciting. That, that, that's just exciting. That's exciting. Now, we've had some experience with that along these lines here at this church over the years with the prayer claws. 
And uh, 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 one of the most outstanding happened to this lady right over here, you know. And uh, she came up one day. Remember, you came up to get a prayer cat over here. She came up to get a prayer cloth, you know, for uh, for her husband. And, uh, and, and and she had something, I think, wrong in her neck, you see. And so she came up to get the prayer cloth. And uh, she came up on behalf of her husband. And she came up and she said, just as she touched the prayer cloth, the power of God flowed out of the prayer cloth like electricity. She said it ran up her arm and hit her in the shoulder or in the neck or something like that. Is that right? Is that true? And it hit you right there in the neck and healed you. Is that right? Isn't that wonderful? Glory to God. So she came on behalf. See, we just laid our hands on the, on those handkerchiefs, released the power of God into them. She came up for her husband. And uh, it wasn't, I don't think, thinking even about her own own self. It was wanting to help her husband. And and when she touched it, the, like electricity, ran up her arm, hit her in the neck is it, and healed. Is that right? Glory to God. That excites me. And, and then again, we've had had people uh, take these prayer claws, you know, to folks in hospitals and they've been healed and and uh, so on and so forth. And uh, the most outstanding one that well, that was the most outstanding one what happened to her. But uh, another one was there was a young man that he was running from the Lord, you know, and, and we had this couple in our church back years ago and they were an elderly couple. But they had a had, had a son. I, I don't know. I guess he was in his in his early 20s, mid 20s, and he wasn't living at home but he'd come home, you know, uh, from time to time to visit and, and he'd go sleep in his, in his bed. He was running from the Lord and uh, they got a prayer cloth and they put it in his bed. They just stuck it in between the mattresses, you know, right, <laughs> right under the sheets, you know, that first sheet that you put on and they put it under there. He didn't know it was in there. He'd go in to go to sleep. He couldn't stay in the bed. He'd, he'd get out of the bed and go sleep on the couch. Well, you know, he was running from that power of God, see? These things are real, dear friends. These things are very, 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 very real. The power of God is very real. Now look at verse 13. Then some of the itinerant Jewish exorcists took it upon themselves to call the name of the Lord Jesus over those who had evil spirits, saying, We exorcise you by the Jesus whom Paul preaches. See, they didn't know Jesus for themselves. They didn't know Jesus for themselves. So they, because uh, you see that, they, they said, we cast you out by the Jesus whom Paul preaches. Listen, if you're going to try to cast the devil out of somebody, you better know Jesus for yourself. You, you, you just really had better know Jesus for yourself. And you better be living right before the Lord. I'll tell you that. If you want to have any success casting demons out, you, you, you need to be born again, all right. But you need to be living right before the Lord. If you're not living right before the Lord, the devil's not going to pay any attention to you. Remember, the Bible says in the book of James, submit yourselves, therefore, to God resist the devil and he'll flee see a lot of folks want to resist the devil he doesn't flee why because they're not living a life submitted to God you live a life submitted to God I tell you what you resist the devil the Bible says he'll run off from you as in stark raving terror we need to realize the devil's far more afraid of us than we ever need to be of him we need to we need to realize that so many Christians are afraid of the devil no we don't need to be afraid of the devil he's afraid of us but we have to know who we are in Christ dear friends we're better than see Paul was a Roman citizen but he had citizenship greater than that he was a he was an ambassador for God we have heavenly citizenship can you say amen the Bible says we're seated with Christ in heavenly places glory to God so he said they said we exercise you by Jesus whom Paul preaches and there was seven sons of Sceva, Jewish priests, which did so. And look at verse 15. The evil spirit answered and said, Jesus I know, Paul I know, but who are you? See, they weren't born again. They, weren't born, they were not born again. And they're trying to cast the devil out. And then look what happens. Verse 16. Then the man in whom the evil spirit was leaped on them, overpowered them, prevailed against them, so that they fled out of the house naked and wounded. You need to realize that when people are demon possessed, very oftentimes they can, they can have supernatural strength. Absolutely. Absolutely. And uh, uh, you see that with a maniac Gadara, don't you? He broke those chains. And that's what we see here. One man overpowering all these, these, these other people with supernatural strength. This became known both to the Jews and the Greeks dwelling in Ephesus, and fear fell on them all, and the name of the Lord Jesus was magnified. Well, that's what we want. And many who had believed came confessing and telling their deeds. So you get the power of God moving, it'll, 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 it'll cause the, the whole city to be moved. It really will. And notice they came confessing, they were in revival, the revival hit this place. Look at this. And many, because of these unusual miracles, and many who had believed 
came confessing and telling their deeds. Also many of those who had practiced magic brought their books together and burned them in the sight of all. You know, I can't imagine practicing magic, can you? I can't imagine uh, playing with tarot cards, can you? I, I, I can't imagine that. Do you know there's people in the United States that actually worship Satan? Did you know that? I mean, I mean, I just, that's, that's, that's hard for me to fathom that people would do that. But do you know there is a satanic church? Did you know that? But I tell you what, God's greater than the devil. His power is greater than the devil. Can you say amen? Let's flow with God. Let's flow with the power of the Lord Jesus Christ. Glory to God. I tell you what, why do you want to throw with somebody that's defeated like the devil? Why do you want to flow with him, with somebody that's defeated like the devil, when you can flow with Jesus? Glory to God. And operate in real power. Glory to God. I don't want to operate in the power of the devil. I want to operate in the real power, the power of the Holy Ghost. Can you say amen? Glory to God. And you know as well as I do, the power of God outdoes the power of the devil any, every day of the week and twice on Sunday. Is that right? God's always ahead of the devil, isn't he? Absolutely. And, uh, but notice here, they came in verse 18, believe they came confessing and telling their deeds. Notice they didn't just believe, that just jumped right out at me. They didn't just believe, but they confessed also, didn't they? We have to believe in our heart that God's raised Jesus from the dead and confess him with our mouth. Is that right? So they came believing and confessing, telling their deeds. And many of those who had practiced magic brought their books together and burned them in the sight of all. Yeah, if you got something in your house that should not be there, take it out and burn it. Get rid of it. You know what I'm talking about? You know, tarot cards, those kinds of things. Get rid of those things. Burn those things. Get rid of them. And they now watch this. They counted up the value of them, and it totaled fifty thousand pieces of silver. One translation says that this was thousands and thousands of dollars. I read one translation on it, and they they translated it as millions of dollars. Can you imagine that? Millions of dollars. I tell you what, I'd rather have Jesus than all those books put together. How about you? I'd rather have Jesus than the price of all those books put together. How about you? And then it says, the word of the Lord grew mightily and prevailed. Glory to God. Hey, let's finish this up. Let's go quickly to Acts, the 20th chapter. Time is slipping away. I get so excited about these things. I preach all day. But let, let's go very quickly. Acts 20, verse 7. Just very quickly. Now, on the first day of the week, when the disciples came together to break bread, Paul, ready to depart the next day, spoke to them and continued his message until midnight. Now, you think I preach long. But he preached till midnight and there were many lamps in the upper room where they had gathered together in a window sat a certain young man named Eutychus who was uh, sinking into a deep sleep. So Paul is got, has got somebody here that's going to go to sleep on him. So I've had a few people fall asleep on me over the years. I'm in good company. Paul has somebody going to sleep on him. And uh, but, but, but in fairness to this young guy, Paul was preaching a long time. And uh, I've never preached that long. I've never preached until midnight. He was overcome by sleep. And Paul continued speaking. He fell down from the third story, was taken up dead. Think about that. Now, I've never had anybody fall dead in any of my, my healing lines. Isn't that wonderful? That's good. <laughs> One preacher said he's had... Uh, well, I heard Brother Hagin say this. He said he's had people fall dead in some of his healing lines. But he prayed for a whole lot more people than I, than I have. But you know, a whole lot more people got healed and fell dead. There's probably just a couple of them over the years, you know. You pray for that many people as he's prayed for, you probably, about, just the law of average is going to catch up with you. Somebody's going to, you know, fall down. I've never, isn't it wonderful? I've never had anybody fall dead in, in any of my healing lines. Isn't that wonderful? We've had some people get healed. We've had people not get healed, but we've never had anybody fall down dead. <laughs> But nonetheless, Paul went down, fell on him. Now watch this. Now you think about this. Now just think about this. You're preaching here to nice people. And you got these, you got, apparently it was a, it was a tall building. And you're preaching. And you're minding your own business, preaching, just preach a little long. Okay. But all of a sudden, you're up there, you're preaching. You look up and you slap somebody because he slipped and fell he fell asleep and he fell down how far he fell down quite he was in the third story he fell three stories down think about that i mean wouldn't that freak you out if you're up preaching and you saw somebody you're up preaching all of a sudden 
bang, splat, they hit the ground. Not only did they fall asleep, they fell three stories and now they are dead. Now, I've never had anything like that happen in any of my, my, my meetings. Think about that. We have to put ourselves in the, in, in, in the position of the Apostle Paul, how he must have thought right there. That'll mess up a service, won't it? Now, I had a lady one time, she came in many years ago. I was teaching as before we started Summit Church. This was at another church. I had a lady come into the church service right in the middle of my message. And she brought a fan belt in off of a car. And she found her husband in the church service where he was sitting. And she made her way over to that to her husband. And she beat the tar out of him right there with a fan belt. Am I telling the truth? You you might have been there that night. Uh, but remember, she she beat the tar out of him. What happened was is uh, they came to the church. And it was a Wednesday night. And there was an auto parts store just up the street. And it was still open. And and, and there's, their fan belt broke on their truck. And so so the, the, the husband said, I'm going into church. Things of God are more important. Well, she, she wanted that fan belt broke so they could leave after the, the service was over. So he sent her up there to get that fan belt. So she went up and got the fan belt and she comes down and she's trying to put, can you imagine a lady putting a fan belt on the truck and he told her the wrong size. And so she got mad that she had brought the wrong size fan belt. Now that auto parts store is closed, she couldn't go back and get another. So she comes in, she opens the door. I'm up there preaching. I look back, the ushers back off. I'm thinking, what in the world's going on? And she comes in. I knew who the lady was. She comes in and she looks around, she finds her husband, she goes down the row, excuse me, excuse me, pardon me, she go down the row, the row, she was very nice to all the people she passed by, she gets to her husband, grabs him by the neck, just beats the tar out of him with the fan belt, just whips him up one side, down the other, she kicks him and she calls him all kinds of names, you know. Uh, what do you th- what do you think I was doing? I, I was just standing there watching, you know, and I was wondering why the ushers weren't doing anything. But I didn't want any piece of that action and neither did the ushers. And she beat the tar out of her husband. Then she excuses herself, be very polite to everybody back down. She goes out, you know, and so I'm standing there that throws a bucket of cold water on the service, you know. And so I said to the fella, because I knew who he was, I said, I, I called him by his name and I said, are you OK? And he says this, I'll never forget, he said, oh, that was nothing, Pastor Terry. You ought to see what she does to me at home when there's nobody else around. I thought, that poor man, you know. <laughs> Beat the tar out of him right there in the, in, in, in the church service, you know. So I've never, I, I've never had anybody fall dead like Paul here had Eutychus fall dead. But I have had a lady beat the tar out of her husband with a fan belt in the church service. <clears throat> And we've had other things, but that's uh, interesting, if none, nothing else. And anyway, fell from the third story, taken up dead. But when Paul went down, he fell on him, embraced him and said, Do not trouble yourself, for uh, the life is in him. Now when he had come up, he, he broke, uh, so he raised him from the dead. <laughs> Isn't that exciting? Rose him from the dead. You talk about the power of God. And uh, come up, had broken bread, they had, they had a meal and so on and so forth. The guy was taken up alive, everybody was excited. Isn't that wonderful? And then uh, the last one is in Acts 28. Let's just go there. I, I, I won't read all through it, but Acts 28, you can read. Remember where Paul, when Paul was bit with, uh, with, by that serpent? Remember that? Does anybody remember when he was carrying that bundle of sticks on that island after the shipwreck and that snake bit him? How many remembers that? And, and what did he do? He shook the snake off into the fire. Remember the people supposing him to, uh, first of all, when the snake bit him, they said, this guy, you know, he must be a criminal. Is that right? He said, must be a criminal. And uh, remember, the, how many remembers that? The, they said he, he didn't, he escaped the, he escaped the shipwreck, but now, you know, the snake's fastened on. He must really be a criminal. And they were expecting him to fall, swell up and fall down dead. Do you remember that? And what did he do? He took that snake and he, what? He shook it off in the fire. He had so much power got about him. So much faith, he shook it off in the fire. And then the people looked at him, they observed him intently, expecting him to swell up and fall down dead. And when he didn't do it, the Bible says they changed their mind about him and called him a god. <laughs> you know, I mean, people are fickle, they'll change their mind about you in a, in a New York second, won't they? So we can't be moved by what people think or don't think. People are going to think what, they, what they're going to think. Now, don't pay any attention to it, just go on serving the Lord, you know. And... uh and that's what he did. And then you can read on here for the sake of time where uh, where it looks like uh, Paul uh, uh, healed this guy named Publius, you know. 
and I'm always glad I'm not named Publius, but, but, but in verse seven, he, he healed him, and then, and then Paul went on, and they had a, they had a, 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 a healing crusade right here on the island, you know. That's what we ought to, uh, ought to be like, you know, just, just, just have a healing, have the healing power of God wherever we go. Is that right? Just whether we're in Walmart, Kmart, Target, doesn't matter, Deerberg, Schnooks, just go in there, you know, and have the, have so much of the power of God about us. You know, whether we're at Applebee's or we're at, at uh, uh, Steak and Shake or McDonald's, it doesn't matter. We go in there with the power of God. Wouldn't that be wonderful? Have so much power of God about us. We just go wherever we go, just, just lay hands on people and see people healed. Uh, uh, I have a desire to see that in my lifetime, you know. So much power of God flowing that, that you could go into places like that and see people, see people healed. But you know, it takes guts to go up to somebody that's sick in Walmart and lay hands on them. Now I'll be as honest as I can. There's been several times over the years where I've seen somebody in at Walmart or wherever they're sick. And I've been, I've wanted to just go up and just grab them and say, be healed in Jesus name. I've never done it. You know why? You got to have, it takes faith. It takes faith. It takes guts too. And you know what, you know what hinders all of us? You know what hinders all of us? I'll tell you what hinders every last one of us. What if it don't work? But I got something that we need to counter that with. What if it does? What if it does? And you get somebody healed, it'd be worth it all, wouldn't it? Hey, I want to close with, so what we've done is we started, how many of you know healing was in the Old Testament, right? Came down, we see Jesus, healing power of God and Jesus ministry, right? Then I've taken the last several weeks to look at how healing went on in the book of Acts. We've seen healing here at Summit Church over the last couple of decades. But there's a good book by my friend, Tony Cook. I don't know uh, if you know him, but Tony Cook, he's an excellent minister of the gospel, one of the best ministers of the gospel you will ever find. And he has a book titled Miracles and the Supernatural Throughout Church History. And it's fairly recent. It just came out recently. And he chronicles and highlights some of the some of the healings and miracles that have taken place over the last 2,000 years. So uh, uh, if you are interested, uh, I would recommend this book highly to you. And uh, it's Miracles and the Supernatural Throughout Church History. So I've never sold a book of my own because I don't have a book of my own. <laughs> I don't have a book of my own. So I'll try to sell Brother Tony's, minister, uh, Tony, Tony's book to you. But it's not about money. He's a good minister of the gospel. It's not about money. Can you say amen? amen. It's about helping people. So I don't think I've ever advertised anybody's book like this. But it's a great book. It's not about money. It's about helping people. And uh, it's a good book And so uh, from a great minister. So I would recommend you get that book. Well, stand with me if you would. If you're out there and you don't know Jesus as your Savior... I want to encourage you to get saved. Miss hell and make heaven. And you do that by calling on the name of the Lord. And the Bible says, whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. So just with a repentant heart, just say, Jesus, come into my heart. I tell you what, in a moment's time, he will. And you'll miss hell, you'll make heaven, and he'll make worth a life worth living in the meantime. Thanks for joining us today. Bye-bye.